Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is the dollar flickering back into life? When will the pound reach bottom against the euro? Welcome to Hard Currency, the FT's weekly look at some of the biggest trends in the currency markets. I'm Richard Blackton, the FT's Deputy Markets Editor, and joining me is Simon Derrick, Chief Currency Analyst at BNY Mellon. Simon, August is typically quiet in the currency markets. It's not something we've seen, actually, so far this month. The US currency, big story this year. It's weak, at least measured by the dollar index, at it's high for the year in early January. Can you just give our listeners a broad sense of what's been ailing the dollar so far this year? Well, I think it's declining expectations about US growth and declining expectations about policies that will drive those growth. You remember end of last year in the immediate aftermath of the election, there was a lot of talk about infrastructure spending programmes and a great belief that what you would see is a supercharged growth cycle taking place in the US. That drove the dollar to remarkable highs, you know, the high of the trend for the last four or five years. And then as we got through this year and we've dealt with the difficulties of getting legislation through and, in fairness, mild numbers coming out of the US, that expectation has moderated. Yields are moderated, particularly against some other countries or other areas like the Eurozone. And after five years of dollar inflows, people have simply said, well, maybe there's some better places to go and see yield. And in terms of the rest of the year, do you see anything reversing that trend? We've got a big couple of months coming up in terms of the US political scene. As you said, there's been dwindling expectations that Donald Trump and the Republican-controlled Congress will get a big economic stimulus package through. Towards the end of September, we have the debt ceiling uh, needs to be raised in the US. This is the sort of self-imposed borrowing limits for the US government. It's been a difficult wrangling point in the past, particularly in 2011. Do you see that as being a big issue potentially for currency markets? It can be. Indirectly and in the long term in 2011, yes, it did. And the reason for that was actually it actually had an influence on China, thought about its holdings of US treasuries and about what it wanted to do with its reserves. Um, I was very aware that this week we saw the comments coming out from Fitch about what might happen, whether to be further concerns about raising the debt ceiling. They talked about maybe taking away uh, the AAA rating for sovereign debt. Yeah, at the margins, that could absolutely influence the dollar and could absolutely influence what investors and particularly reserve managers do. Whether we'll get there or not is an entirely different issue. We always seem to have this debate. I suspect that ultimately we'll get through it and the debt ceiling will be raised again. But we've already got the posturing taking place this week. So again, never say never on these things. The other side is, you know, we've obviously got this issue about whether the Fed's actually going to start reducing its balance sheet. All the indications are that it will, and there seems to be a reasonable likelihood that we will see a hike by the end of the year. But if we have a stumble around the debt ceiling, that could lead to the Fed postponing a possible rate hike. 
Equally, if we're starting to see the numbers slow down, and there are some early warning signs about the global economy that maybe things are slightly weaker than maybe we expected, maybe we start to think that in 2018 the Fed becomes far more cautious. If that's the case, then again, I'd say that the dollar starts to look really quite beleaguered over the course of the next 18 months or so. And perhaps one of the biggest surprises to some people this year has been the performance of the euro. Obviously, began the year, some people in the market talking about parity against the dollar. This was the potential prospect of Marine Le Pen getting elected as French president. That didn't happen. And really since then, and particularly since Macron won that election, and there's good improvement in the eurozone economic data, the euro, particularly against the dollar, has performed incredibly well. Are euro bills getting a little carried away at the moment? Or do you think that there is actually real legs to this further move higher in the single currency? I think history says that there's plenty of space for the euro to go a lot higher. If we go back and we tackle the political issue first, clearly, if we go through the end of last year, beginning of this year, there were those political concerns. Understandably enough, given the stumbles there were in 2016 and the misreads there were in 2016. Um But once we had the Dutch election out of the way, more importantly, once we had the French presidential election out of the way and the Italian election was pushed back seemingly to 2018, those concerns dissipated. And what you saw a lot lot happening was a lot of money that had sought safe haven status in in core Europe started to flow out and seek those high yields in the periphery. The impact of that was it actually drove up German yields. Relatively speaking, that's often used as a benchmark in the FX for the Eurozone overall. You saw people starting to actually seek those yields. That that was the first thing that really started to drive the euro higher. The second story has obviously been about the idea that the ECB would like at some point to start tapering its asset purchases. It's already reduced them once, but we're talking about, about further reductions. If you look over the course of the last four years and you strip out this one element of politics that we saw this year – prime driver for the euro has been expectations about shifts in the asset purchase program. And so the very fact that we're talking about that clearly is going to supercharge the euro from here on in. And that I think as long as that expectation's there, euro's going to be heading higher. Question is, the Europeans have made it quite clear they're not very keen on a, on a high euro. It was certainly embedded in the ECB comments. But if we go back, history says that they struggle. They do struggle to fight a strong euro. Remember Mr. Trichet, 2004, 5, 6, talking about those brutal moves. It's hard for them to come up with anything really credible to fight against the euro strength. And particularly if you start to see some of those reserve managers seeing their reserves growing and looking to diversify at a more aggressive pace. So this comes back to your point about potentially the ramifications for a very messy debt ceiling. Right? Absolutely. Were that to become an additional long-term factor weighing on how people look at the US and how reserve managers look at the US, and particularly given that the Eurozone crisis is now fading in their memory somewhat, yeah, the euro still represents the most credible alternative reserve currency out there. So you can see a variety of factors that could really drive the euro a lot higher from here. Obviously, we've got to get through the next few months, but could we be well beyond 120 some point uh, in the early part of next year? Yes, absolutely. Now, one of the currencies the euro has been powering higher against is sterling, of course, very relevant as we're here in London. One curiosity that we've had so far this month 
basically, is that you might argue the political developments for the currency have broadly been positive. So you've got the Chancellor here in the UK, Philip Hammond, making it very clear that a soft Brexit or one that puts the economy ahead of any other considerations in terms of the implications of exiting the EU is a priority. And you've had some other cabinet colleagues echo that. Sort of 12 months ago, there might have been political developments that would have really buoyed the pound. They haven't. And in fact, particularly against the euro, it's not done much against the dollar, but against the euro, it's sort of trading at an eight-year low. Why is that? Well, I think that you're right to highlight that the move against the dollar hasn't been particularly dramatic, although it is getting a little bit of momentum. It's primarily been a euro move rather than a sterling move. But I do think that, that the way sterling's performing overall is actually quite fascinating because this is normally a period when actually sterling is relatively calm. It's that, that summer lull when Parliament's in recess and there's not a lot of political forces. You go back 12 months ago, Bank of England cut rates by 25 basis points in August of last year. Sterling barely stumbled. He did nothing until the party conference season and Parliament came back uh, from its recess. This time round, we had the election, but almost instantly we had a Bank of England meeting where there was a narrower than expected vote on the idea of raising rates. And I suspect that that idea that maybe there was going to be a rate hike helped provide some temporary relief for sterling through June and July. But of course, start of August, we had a Bank of England meeting that went right back to normal. And that idea that we're going to see a rate hike simply disappeared. And without that, we've seen a sterling that has sunk and sunk and sunk. I think we're two and a half percent plus down on the sterling index since August 3rd. That's unnerving. For that to be happening in a relatively quiet period for sterling, what should be a quiet period for sterling, and coming up to what looks an incredibly busy period over the next two months with political events both here and in uh, in Europe, I think uh, that's concerning. We've got the negotiations with Mr Barnier, we have the Conservative Party conference, we have the reading of the Great Repeal Bill. Those are things that the investors are going to be looking at carefully. Hopefully we can get through them all, but they present potential stumbling blocks for sterling. And at a time when it's already weak, maybe we're going to start you know, seeing pressure towards some of those really big levels, certainly against the euro that we've talked about over time. So in terms of where Sterling might draw some comfort, let's assume the politics, if it's not responding to the politics right now, and the politics don't get particularly better for Sterling over the rest of the year, we've had signs of weakness in the economy. Does the economy need to tell people that actually it's doing fine, and some of maybe the toppiness in the Eurozone economy needs to come off? Is it the relative economic performance that will be key, if Sterling's going to find some support? or If it's not the politics then yes, it's got to be that. I mean, clearly the thing that is holding everybody back is that uncertainty. And so if we get a little bit of that uncertainty removed, then it will come back to being about, relatively speaking, the economic path. The problem is, of course, that here in the UK, there are those early warning signs that maybe the economy is slowing a little bit. I'm still a believer that one of your best early indicators is the housing market, which certainly with London has been slowing down steadily and a a few signs that those ripples are starting to spread. And there's a few other little indicators. Some of the results that come out from companies over the course of this week have perhaps been a warning as well that things are maybe slowing down a little bit. There, I think investors are going to be looking for that sign that maybe we're going to see a little bit of a dip over the course of the next 12 months or so. In which case, any chance of a Bank of England rate hike, 
really starts to dissipate, and in which case sterling really does start to suffer. So given we've got to roughly 92 pence against the euro this week, let's get into September and October. Is the possibility, as some people in the currency market are calling for, of parity against the euro a realistic one, or is that a kind of outlandish possibility? Oh, never say never. I mean, you know, let's be absolutely straight here. Sterling has essentially gone down against European currencies for the last, well, certainly at least since the Nixon shock in 71. And I'm pretty certain that if you track back further, you will see the same thing. If you look at Sterling more generally, the path since the 1930s has pretty well and much been one way. Whilst authorities have fought against devaluations over time, ultimately they've always buckled, you know, 1967 or 1992. So to say that a resumption of Sterling weakness would be radical, I think, flies in the face of history. So clearly it is possible that we could start to have a look towards parity should these forces continue to conspire against them, the politics and the economics. The interesting question would be, would the authorities feel comfortable with that? Would they really want to see sterling testing towards parity? Or would they feel that that was perhaps something that both from an important inflation perspective and as well from a perspective of maybe just causing more concerns going into the negotiations with the EU, maybe they wanted to do something about it, whether that was hiking rates or not, I don't know. But I think that getting towards parity would certainly start to make people sit up and take notice. Yeah. That certainly feels absolutely right. Simon, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on what's been anything but a quiet August for the currency markets. And thank you for listening to Hard Currency. We will be back next week.